a little girl asked me an outstanding question recently. It's the kind of question that most of us eventually will stop asking the older we get for one reason or another. But this little girl looked up at me and she said, if we can see, if God can see us, she said, if God can see us, then why can't we see God? If God can see us, then why can't we see God? Tonight, we retell that story about the night when God came to us to be visible. As kids, when we first hear that story of Christmas, the details of the story are new and interesting. And then over time, as more and more Christmases go by in our lives, the angels and the shepherds and the baby in the manger start to become familiar. And eventually, they become over-familiar. And there's a visual storytelling of Christmas that illustrates all of our imaginations. And these come from the nativity sets and the advent calendars um, that we get around Christmas. And these, um, these renderings of the nativity are meant to honor the Holy Family, which they do. And at the same time, they often um, will portray Mary as perfectly serene after having just given birth in such unsanitary conditions. And then we have Joseph, who's always unflustered and very stoic. And none of the livestock are ever too close to the newborn baby, who is also never crying. <laughs> it's an ideal. It's an ideal. And the idealized nativity, even if it's just in our imaginations, can also make the story of that first Christmas seem like a fairy tale rather than a reality. You see, the story of a flawless first Christmas wouldn't be a human one. It would be the story of a distant God who sees us, but whom we can't see in return. These weeks and days leading up to Christmas are full of messages for us that can make us feel like we're supposed to be living out our own realities in really specific ways and oftentimes can make us feel like things are supposed to be perfect. I was getting gas the other day when Kelly Ripa came on that little TV at the gas pump and <clears throat> she was advising her audience that you should really get all of your food prep and your cleaning done before Christmas so that you can be 100% present with your children and your guests. Joining the magic, she said. I thought, what a nice idea. And so I watched Kelly. <laughs> I did, I, I like Kelly Ripa. I watched Kelly and I was sort of transfixed and um, subconsciously thinking to myself, wow, she probably really knows that, that woman Mary in the nativity set who also had everything totally together on Christmas. But this, this inflexible cultural script that we get to follow during the holidays can feel super inflexible, especially around Christmas, and I think especially as women. Things are supposed to be perfect, and everyone is supposed to be happy. <laughs> but whether we're children or adults or somewhere in between, all of us will at some point, will perceive others to be experiencing realities that are somehow way better than our own reality. And I think especially around Christmas, there's a shadowy idea that can creep in, which is the belief that we can only experience the God of Christmas if we clean up, if we clean up our homes, if we clean up our lives, 
first. But when we let our imaginations fully enter into that sort of shockingly messy first Christmas, the details that we get, that Luke just gave us, that we heard, that Mary was not home for Christmas, that she was surrounded by strange men who had been camping in the neighborhood in a cow shed, when we, when we can really know that in our hearts that this is the reality in which God chose to enter the world, then suddenly we have an up-close God who we can see. And it's a God who doesn't wait for things to be perfect to act. Tonight, we bring our questions and our wonder to a God who became fully human, not just partly human. Jesus, God's only son, was someone who was born into a broken family and grows up in a small town and plays games with his friends and gets separated from his parents. He gets injured and he tastes grief. He gets lonely and hungry. He talks politics and he has his own doubts and he gives up his own life for all of us. God doesn't just supervise us from a distance like a benevolent caretaker. The God who became human joins in with us, joins with us on the playground, goes down the slide in front of us and behind us, scrapes her knee, eats a snack with us, cries with us, and rejoices with us. The God of the universe loves us so much that we are given the gift of being able to gaze directly at his messy story. So tonight, Christmas, the logic of the whole universe comes to me and to you as an individual human being. God did not wait until everyone was cleaned up and everything was ready. And God being with us doesn't depend on the way life feels, thank God, or how ready to celebrate Christmas we are. God comes to us tonight not just to be visible, which God was, God was visible, but to become forever and intimately involved in our lives. It's a God who can handle our questions. Questions like, why can't we always see you, God? In Jesus, God closed the distance. So I will leave us with the words that the angel spoke to those strange men camping in the neighborhood. The angel said, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Thanks be to God.